should stop saying that like I don't know it feels weird saying my full name half the people in my life don't even actually call me Krithika most people call me Krithi not that I care I don't have a preference Krithi Krithika it's I it's the same to me um should I stop saying my full name when I when I start an episode I don't know because somebody might just start listening from like a random episode versus from the beginning so that was my thought process there I might kind of stop though because I don't really Eh, I don't really think about it too much though, so that was really random. I don't I don't know where that came from. Anywho, welcome back to another episode of It's Not the End of the World. Today we're gonna be talking about pretty privilege. But first, what the hell is up with Stanley Cups? Why do so many people have Stan sta- Oh my god, I can't even say it. Stanley Cups now. There are these like um they're like the new Hydro Flasks on campus. I don't know. I see like all the girls with Stanley Cups, the gym girls too. I just, ugh, they give me the ick. I don't know. Having the straw that can like touch anything, like any surface can be rubbed against the Stanley Cup. You have to hold it all the time. It's cold now. I want to keep my hands in my pocket. I can't do that with a fucking Stanley Cup. So I don't know. I'm, I'm anti-Stanley Cup at the moment. I don't understand the hype. I, like how did everybody just decide to, to get Stanley Cups? Who was the influencer who started this because I don't like it and I need to have a word with them I think oh my god I just have to like gasp there because of how horrible Stanley Cups are anywho um I also need to give an update so remember how last week I was talking about how I thought my room was haunted and convinced myself somebody was in my room trying to kill me I'm not as crazy as one might think so last night I okay so two nights ago I heard these like crazy noises coming from my bathroom like it sounded like somebody was in there like trying to break the door open or something like I thought I like genuinely thought that somebody was in my room again and that they were like actually gonna kill me um I don't know I like this is why I can't I can't do horror movies like I can't watch anything remotely scary like even Stranger Things like that was too scary for me I still watched it because Stranger Things but even that made me really scared for a while Anywho, so, like, I very easily convince myself and psych myself out that, like, I'm gonna die, but I have watched horror movies even though I hate them, and I was like, I'm not gonna be the stupid person who, like, walks towards the sound and then just dies. If I'm gonna die, I'd rather just have it happen without realizing what's happening. So I just stayed in my bed and eventually fell back asleep. So the next morning I woke up and I was like, hmm, that was weird, and I went into my bathroom and I went to go wash my hands after my morning pee, as one does, and I felt like a squish beneath my feet. And I looked down, and I have this like bath mat under my sink completely soaked through. And I had a bath mat in front of my shower, and that was completely soaked through, but there was no water anywhere else, it was just the mats. So I was like, oh my god, what is happening? That must have been what the sound was. Did somebody break into my room and, like, just flood my mats? Like, I don't understand what's happened here. So I kind of went the whole day, like, la di da da I'm just going to kind of ignore this. I don't really know what's happened. They didn't dry last night either. Like, they're completely soaked through. So I was like, mm, maybe it is, like, a plumbing issue or something that could get worse and I need to get it fixed. And, you know, most likely somebody did not break into my room and just pour a bunch of water on these mats so I filled out a like service request form and I got I was having my lunch today and as soon as I like started eating 
I heard a knock on the door, and who was it? The maintenance guy. I love this maintenance guy, though. My freshman year, or I guess my sophomore year, my toilet flush just, like, didn't work at all, and he fixed it in, like, two seconds, so we love him. He's amazing, um, and as soon as he came in, he knew exactly what the problem was, like, the plump, like, the drainage from the boys' room next to me and mine are, like, connected, and so it got, like, stuck, and so every time that they were showering, like, the water would come up into my drain, so that's what was happening overnight, like, one of them was showering or something, or just, like, using the sink, I don't know, um, I didn't really understand what he was saying, but basically, there was a, a logical explanation, somebody did not break into my room and try to just, I don't know, I don't even know what would be the purpose of p pouring a bunch of water on my bath mats, anywho, so, yeah, then he spent, like, an hour fixing it, he, like, got a snake thingy and like pulled out all the gunk and that he even mopped my bathroom after he was done it was so cute I was like oh my god thanks um so yeah so I'm not as crazy but you know it's still there and I'm not as stressed now about the weird sounds I'm hearing because I didn't realize how connected my room is to the room next to me but then again I should have known I've been in this building for like three years now and Taylor Tower has some thin walls Anywho, okay, so we're gonna start with we're gonna start with the actual topic of today's episode, pretty privilege, and something that really inspired me to talk about this is the show Love Island. Um, anybody who knows me knows I'm obsessed with Love Island. Like, if you follow me on Be Real, or I guess if you're like friends with me on Be Real, literally half of my Be Reals are just me watching Love Island on my computer. It's bad. And a big reason I started this podcast is because I had so much time, um, like free time last semester, because I was mainly taking public health classes, and they're all, I not like easy, but they're a little key compared to like biochemistry or like organic chemistry. And so I started this podcast because I was watching like five hours of Love Island every night because I had the time to do that. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be putting all this time into that. Maybe I should be doing other things. Um, I still have a lot of free time, though, because this podcast, I don't know, podcasting is much easier than you think it is, and it's not that time-consuming. Like, it is kind of what you make it to be, and it's really not that hard. So I was looking into getting, like, a vlogging camera to, like, also record my episodes and then post them on YouTube for people who wanted to, like, watch them or, like, also do, like, uh, like daily vlogs or travel vlogs or stuff like that. Um, but, like, a decent camera is, like, $800, so I, that's not happening anytime soon. I'm already like negative $50 for this podcast from buying a mic and a USB adapter for my computer. So I was like, you know what? That's for another time. So for now, podcasting is really not that big of a time commitment. Um, and I still have a lot of free time. So I still watch a lot of Love Island. I've watched seasons three, four, and five. And right now I'm watching season two. So I kind of started wanting to watch Love Island um, because I listened to Call Her Daddy and Olivia Atwood, who was in season three, came on the show, and then they talked about Love Island and how season three was the best season, and I really liked Olivia and what she was saying, and I'd also obviously seen a lot from, like, Cody Ko and Noelle did a lot with Love Island, too, and so then I was like, okay, I want to watch the show, like, I've got to now, um, but at the time, I was a, I didn't have Hulu, and Love Island UK is on Hulu, I don't know if it's on anything else, but it's on Hulu, it's not, like, on Netflix, which is what we have, um, so I was like, well, you know, it is what it is. At the time, I had Apple Music, <laughs> so I understand the hate that people get for being Apple Music girlies. I was one of those girlies, 
but honestly it's not that bad like sure it's not as cool looking as spotify it is kind of clunky but like it gets the job done and i didn't really get into music like listening to music or podcasts until a couple years ago um when i got spotify so what am i saying until like a couple i guess like half a year ago I really got into podcasting and music listening and all of that like last summer. So it's more than a couple months, not a couple years. I don't know where that came from. Um, anywho, so the reason I had Apple Music is because it was cheaper than Spotify and it came with Apple TV. My parents liked the shows on Apple TV, so it kind of worked out. And then they increased the price for Apple Music subscriptions. So then Spotify was cheaper, so I went with Spotify. Um, and with Spotify, I got Hulu. And with Hulu, I got Love Island. It was a very exciting time. The first episode, so obviously I, wa- I started with season three because that's what they'd recommended on Call Her Daddy. So why did I say it like that, Call Her Daddy? <laughs> um, yeah, that's what they said on the show. So that's what I started with. And I was dog sitting for a friend and she had Hulu on her TV. So she's like, yeah, like, you know, watch whatever you want. I've got all these streaming services. The dog will just like cuddle up with you. And I was like, okay, cool. So I, that's the first time that I watched Love Island. I watched the first episode and I kind of just like fell in love with the show. The main premise of the show, it's like a dating reality TV show. And there's a bunch of different versions. Like there's Love Island UK, Love Island Australia, Love Island USA. Those are the main ones I know. I don't know what other ones are out there, but Um, I think the main one that, like, everybody recommends is Love Island UK, and I would definitely recommend it, too. I haven't watched either of the other ones, so I can't compare it, but I love Love Island UK. I think my favorite part is, like, their accents and all the little sayings they have. Um, I have just, like, noticed more and more, like, in my head, I'll be, like, thinking those sayings and stuff in my daily life, so it's just funny. Um... Yeah, but I mean, it's like a typical, it's what you'd expect from like a reality dating TV show. Like there's drama, there's cute relationship moments. But for the most part, it's like nice because it's like very much community. Like all the girls support each other, all the guys support each other, and like everybody in the villa supports each other. Unless they have some kind of falling out or like big issue or problem. For the most part, everybody gets along. And it's really cute, so I really like it. Um, They do like challenges and stuff, but the challenges don't really count for anything. Like if you want a challenge, you can usually you want to date um, or things like that. But yeah, it's mainly just like how much the public likes you. And that's kind of what helps you eventually win the show. But yeah, anybody who follows me on Be Real knows I'm like fucking obsessed with the show now. It's all I do. Like today is the 26th, January 26th. And, um, last night I watched Love Island for four and a half hours, only because, usually I go to bed, like, usually I cut myself off at 9.30, I, so I started at 6.30, and I went to 10, so I guess that's, like, three and a half hours, but I had a meeting at 10.30, so that's the only reason I kept going, because it's, like, anyways, I need to stay up, usually I go to bed early, I'm, like, I'm that person that goes to bed by, like, 10.30 p.m., and then wakes up at, like, 7, um, so, yeah, that's my excuse, but, that's just an example of how much time I spend watching Love Island. It's really weird watching season two right now because it's, um, you know, the beginning of the show, and so it's really different from what season three, four, and five are. Um, the villa, it's a different villa. It's, like, way smaller. The They have these weird blue bags, which are their mics, that they just have to, like, awkwardly wear on their bodies all the time. And, like, the camera quality is, like, significantly worse, and, like, the mic quality is bad. 
and the fashion sense oh my god the like the stuff that they wear is just like it's just so 2016 it's so horrible to think about it's really weird to think that that was seven years ago too but yeah i don't know i definitely wouldn't recommend starting from like chronological order because i think if you did that you wouldn't understand the hype of the show in my opinion i think season five is the best season that i've watched so far at least um but i've seen stuff online for rankings that's kind of how i've determined what order to watch the seasons in and most places say or most websites and people say season five is the best season for me personally i really like season five like literally just because of molly may and tommy fury i thought they were so cute um and they're still together now, so that's adorable. And Molly Mae's, like, really, really pregnant. Um, so they're going to have a kid. And I think, I'm pretty sure it's a girl. I can't remember, though. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just really cute. And everybody on that season was, like, really nice. And the relationships that they all built are so cute. So, yeah. Um, one night, I was watching Love Island. And as we know, I had a lot of free time. So I was just like, hmm... I wonder if the Love Island USA application for next year has opened up because I, so I, on TikTok, I follow Max Belegde. I don't know if that's how you say his last name, um, but he's like the guy who gets drunk and goes to Disneyland and then just like buys a shit ton of stuff. It's so funny. And George Clarkey, I think is his last name, but they're both like British <laughs> TikTokers. Um, and yeah so I just love their content and they have a podcast together and then they also did like YouTube together so they did like a review of the season 9 Love Island UK people who are coming in like they all just kind of did little short videos on YouTube to introduce themselves um, so like that's already been casted and everything for this upcoming summer um, and so that made me think about Love Island USA. I was like, oh, I wonder if they've already done their casting and everything. Like, how does that work? Because it is different. Um, and so I looked it up and like the application was still open. And at this point it was like 8 p.m. I had nothing to do. So I was like, oh, maybe I should, you know, I was just like, oh, let me look at the application. Let's see what it's like. Um, and I ended up spending like two hours filling out the application because I don't know. I mean, like I said, I had free time and I was just like, oh, might as well. Um, so it's kind of like free therapy in a way like it asked a lot of questions about like oh what's your ideal relationship like what are your green flags red flags what is your parents relationship like you know like do you have like relationship models and like stuff like that and uh, I don't know it's just kind of like journaling in a way I just like went at it just typed I don't know how much you were supposed to type like there was no directions on that and then you just send them three pictures and that was it the application was done so I haven't told anybody this, but yeah, I applied to Love Island USA season five. This is really the only summer I'll have um, before like medical school starts and stuff. And then I'm just not going to be free and I'm going to be stressed out all the time. And like, so I thought this could be a cool way to spend a summer if that happens. And my inspiration for this was really so, well, season four. There's this character. He's my favorite character. Even though at the end he is kind of annoying, his name's Alex. He's this, like, tall, pale, white guy on Love Island Season 4 UK, and his name is Alex, but everybody calls him Dr. Alex because he's an A&E doctor, and so that's, like, emergency room medicine in the UK. Um, and so he's a doctor, and, you know, like, basically everybody on Love Island's like, a model or, like, an actress or, like, a singer, and you know, like, somebody in the entertainment industry or who wants to become an influencer and things like that. And so he's the first person who I had seen who had who wasn't that and like who was like a doctor which is like you know what I want to do so I was like oh my god I could be on Love Island 
Um, so that was kind of my inspiration for that, and that's why I applied. But the entire time I was applying, I was kind of, like, like not hyping myself up. I was like, oh, like, I'm not even going to get it, you know? Like, I don't have that look. I don't – I wouldn't be – I wouldn't fit in with everybody else in Love Island. And that kind of made me think a lot about, like, pretty privilege and – why I was feeling that way. So pretty privilege, based on a quick little internet search, is the principle that people who are deemed attractive based on societal beauty standards have an upper hand because they are afforded opportunities that regular people don't have. So like in this example of applying to Love Island, like if somebody who was very similar to me but was more conventionally attractive fit more of those like Eurocentric beauty standards, like skinny, white, that kind of thing, um, would get like picked to be on Love Island over me. Um, so that is kind of what pretty privilege is. And like in relation to that is also the halo effect, which is weirdly enough something I learned when I was studying for the MCAT. Um, I didn't learn it in, in my psychology class or my sociology class uh, when I took them. I took AP Psych in high school and that was good. I liked it. I had a good teacher and I mean it's just kind of memorization and I'm good at that I suppose. Sociology, though, I mean, I really liked my professor, but I, like, fell asleep in every class. That's how I realized I needed to go into STEM, because in my STEM classes, I was not falling asleep. I was, like, struggling to keep up, but sociology, within 10 minutes, I was, like, out, and somehow I still got a 99 in the class. Like, that's that's the level that we were at, so I was like, yeah, I need to stay in STEM. Anywho, so the halo effect um, is basically that it's like a, a tendency for positive impressions of a person in one area and that kind of like positively influences our opinions of them in other areas. So an example for that to kind of make more sense is like John F. Kennedy. So because he was pretty conventionally attractive at the time, um, people kind of assumed that he would be a good president and that's why they voted for him. You know, that was kind of when TVs became a thing and they were doing like tele televised speeches and stuff like that. Um, and so that really helped him with its campaign, the fact that he was like conventionally attractive. Um, and that's a pretty like popular example to explain the halo effect, at least for Blueprint, which is what I use to study for the MCAT. Um, so those are kind of the two like terms or frameworks that we're going to be like working around today. So I kind of wanted to just put in my two cents about pretty privilege um, as somebody who's just kind of deemed like a quote unquote regular person. I'm not saying that like I'm ugly, but I'm not saying that I'm like conventionally attractive either. And I think that's kind of why I felt that way when I was filling out this Love Island application. But, you know, this is also a good reminder of, like, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, you know what I mean? And so, you never know. I mean, most likely I think that I won't get selected to be on Love Island, but I can say I applied and it was fun while it lasted. It gave me something kind of productive to do for two hours rather than just watching Love Island again. I don't know if applications are still open. It, so the applications had opened November 22nd of 2022, and I applied in um, the beginning of January, so I don't know... I don't know when they close, I don't know how any of that works, because like I said, season 9 for Love Island UK, which is filming this summer, has already been cast, but I haven't heard anything about Love Island USA, so I don't really know how that works. Anywho, so another kind of inspiration for me to talk about Pretty Privilege came from when I was listening to an episode of Put a Sock in It, and I, I don't know, I always feel a little like 
Ooh, I don't want to mention that I listen to this podcast, but I do. It's a good way to kind of keep up with like the pop culture stuff and things like that. And they have a lot of interesting guests on that I wouldn't necessarily know about unless I listen to the podcast. Um, but Lorraine was kind of calling out Noah Beck for his pretty privilege. Like they were just, you know, they're friends. So it was just like a friendly thing. But um, that made me think about how pretty privilege is like basically the basis for TikTok influencers in a way. Like obviously Noah Beck is hot and that's a main reason I feel like in a way for why he gained the fame that he did. Um, his main fan base is like, you know, young teenage girls who think that they have a chance of getting into a relationship with him. And I think that people wouldn't feel that way if he didn't necessarily meet those conventional beauty standards that we have in society today. I think that there are some pros and cons that come with that though. I think a couple of cons are that if you are in that position, you probably are facing a lot of stress to maintain that body that you have, like physically working out all the time, dieting, just being focused on um, those kinds of things. I think would con like having to just deal with that constantly would like stress me out you know at that point you're like maybe not working out for yourself as much as you are for your career and for other people to look at you in a certain way and I think that that also could be another con people looking at you only in a certain way because of the way you look like they're just kind of treating you as like a you're just they're just like objectifying you in a way but at the same time some pros are like you could make an entire career off of the way you look using tiktok or like other social media if you fit those conventional beauty standards um you put in that effort to kind of figure out the algorithm create the content you are you're, you're like I, mean, I know it takes time and i know plenty of people now are trying to become social media content creators and stuff and it's not that easy but I think you're kind of ahead of the game in a way if you are more conventionally attractive than other people and I think that that's really what how do you say it prominent on TikTok you know I follow a lot of different people on TikTok and those more traditional TikTok influencers like Noah Beck, Josh Richards, um, why can't I think of any female influencers? I don't, that, that's a problem in and of itself. Anywho, oh, like Livy Dunn, like the gymnast, stuff like that. Like they, I think they play up their sex appeal a lot in order to kind of um, get the engagement that they need to continue to grow their following and stuff like that. And there's a lot of people who are on TikTok who don't get that many likes, who don't get that many comments, don't get that many follows, even though they might be maybe more talented than these people because they aren't conventionally attractive. So yeah, it is really weird to think about. And then also, I did a little bit of internet digging, and it turns out that people who are more attractive get away with much more because they have, as mentioned earlier in the definition of pretty privilege, like they're afforded more opp opportunities. And so an, an example of this is Ted Bundy. Um, if you don't know who he is, he is like a serial killer. Basically, he killed a lot of young women um, in the United States. But when he was taken into custody and on trial and stuff like that, like a lot of people didn't believe that he was the killer because he was conventionally attractive. It wasn't until the end that he himself like confessed, confessed to his girlfriend, I think, that he um, was the killer and he killed all these people. 
then, you know, then everything kind of came to light. But I think if he didn't do that, he would have gotten away with it in a way because of how people were perceiving him as, like, hot and cute and, oh, because he's, like, hot, he can't be a murderer, stuff like that. And I feel myself kind of falling into that trap a lot, too. Like, I'll be walking down High Street, and then if I see somebody walking in my direction, but I perceive them as, like, attractive or cute, or if they fit those, like, typical beauty standards, I don't get as stressed out or as scared and, like, move away or anything like that when they're walking towards me. But I don't want to say, it like, ugly, but if somebody walks by me and they're I don't know, they're just, like, not cute to me. Like, I get stressed out and scared, and I try to move as far away as possible so they're, like, as far away from me and when we're crossing paths on the sidewalk, if that makes sense. Um, and so, like, unfortunately, I think it's just, like, one of those biases that we don't really talk, a lot that, uh, talk about a lot that much, but I don't know how to feel about the fact that I also kind of exude those. Is that the right word? I also kind of, like unconsciously or subconsciously like give in to those biases as well which is definitely something that I want to work on the that little article said that there is this Netflix series called 100 humans where basically they had they interviewed like 100 people and they try to determine if good looks were enough to kind of like keep you out of jail so kind of going along with the whole Ted Bundy thing and they found that, yeah, people who are more attra- deemed more attractive have, they're more likely to get, like, lesser sentences and stuff like that. Um, so it's just, like, really interesting. And it's not something I knew too much about until I kind of had specifically heard Lorray mention it in their podcast. And, like, I was going through the whole Love Island application, and he's like, you know what, this, this kind of ties into pretty privilege because everybody on that show, or for the most part, everybody on that show fits those kind of stereotypical definitions we have of like a hot guy like somebody with six-pack abs and like tan skin like all this stuff and like a girl is like skinny but she's got like a small waist but she's got like big boobs and big butt and like all this stuff that's just like sometimes impossible to attain so yeah I think that pretty privilege is definitely a thing that's going to persist in society it's not something that we can undo overnight, as I think most issues are in society, but one way to kind of control something that is out of our control is to be more mindful about the media that we're consuming and um, being more mindful of our own biases. There, It is definitely possible to unlearn your biases, and this bias might not be taken as seriously right now because you know, it might not be perceived as being as bad as, like, racism or sexism, but it is still something that is pervasive in our society that needs to be addressed and dealt dealt with properly. Um, like, the article gave a lot of examples about discrimination in the workplace, people who are maybe not conventionally attractive, like maybe they're overweight or maybe they're fat, but they're more qualified for a position over somebody who is more um, congruent with that societal standard. Uh, Employers tend to pick those people who are more concurrent with the societal standard because they perceive fat people to be lazy. And I know that kind of goes into fat phobia and stuff, and that is a whole other thing in and of itself, but in a way that plays into pretty privilege because we don't perceive, like, fat people to be pretty because it doesn't meet that beauty standard, and then they're not afforded the same opportunities that, you know, quote-unquote pretty people are, like skinny people or thin people. Um, and so it's really unfortunate that 
people have to deal with this, especially in the United States. We have such a huge amount of the population that is dealing with like obesity and stuff like that or pre-diabetes and so it is definitely something that affects I think a large part of the population I think you don't have to be like clinically fat or anything to deal with those effects when I was growing up uh, I grew up in Singapore and the body composition there is just very different like everybody's like very skinny especially the girls and I went to an all-girls school for my first I don't know, or not the first, for like the last, second half of the time I lived there, so like the last like three, four or three years that I lived there, um, I can't remember, I think I, yeah, three years, I was there from like third grade to sixth grade, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember the specifics though, that was too long ago, anywho, I was there for a while, a decent amount of time, and I was always kind of like the chubby kid, and it wasn't necessarily something that people like bullied me for, but it was something that was called out a lot, and one day I remember I was walking to the cafeteria, and there was this poster, and it was like a weight chart, so it had like all the different weight ranges for different ages, like you know what was like healthy and overweight and like all this stuff, and like based on that chart I was overweight, and so that day I went home and I just like would like refused to like eat even if I was hungry and like I started exercising a lot and like all these unhealthy behaviors like I wouldn't let myself eat junk food or like eat enough to like keep myself full and things like that like I thought that that was being healthy like trying to lose weight and get to like a quote-unquote healthy weight range um, but obviously looking back at that now I know that that wasn't the way to go about things um, I when I came back to the United States I joined the cross-country and track teams um, and that's what really helped me kind of rethink my relationship with food um, I realized that I need to eat well in order to do well at meats and things like that I needed to fuel my body properly and so I'm very grateful for track and cross-country not only for getting me um, you know physically fit but also kind of helping me restructure my relationship with food and exercise to the point that it is now it's definitely something that I still struggle with on and off it's hard with social media to not compare yourself to others and to just be bombarded with all these images of people who have like that I guess perfect body um, that society tells us that we should have um, but yeah I mean it is something that I'm still working on but something that I think a lot of people can, it's a story that I think a lot of people can relate to, unfortunately. We hear a lot about how social media has like negatively impacted young girls and their own body image and experiences with relation, oh my god, experiences with food and exercise and stuff. So it's really unfortunate that those are some of the byproducts of social media. But in a way, also, I am appreciative of social media and TikTok and, you know, the pretty influencers and stuff like that because that has in a way helped me become more um into it's like gotten me more involved with like for example like makeup the whole like clean girl makeup routine and stuff that's like makeup but it's not that much that it looks like you don't really have a lot of makeup on I always used to be that kind of person that was like oh like I don't need makeup to look pretty like I don't want makeup I don't want to put the time into that and etc etc um, but recently, like, I've gotten more into doing makeup, and, like, even if it's literally just, like, some tinted moisturizer and blush, like, sometimes putting makeup on just makes you feel pretty, it makes you feel more confident and good about yourself, and I think that kind of being exposed to that through TikTok, through all the different influencers that I watch, has helped me become more confident in myself, like, seeing how pretty they look made me feel like, oh, like, 
oh, I can also feel pretty and look pretty if I do these things as well. Um, and, you know, obviously that doesn't apply to everything you see on TikTok. You know, take that with a grain of salt. It's different for everyone. But for me, that's something that's really helped me. So I can see that there's both positives and negatives to, like, pretty privilege, its relationship with social media and how it impacts people in society, but, but especially young women. Um, and so... Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about Pretty Privilege. I can't believe I talked about that for as long as I did. I'm like, I need a break, I need some water, but we'll keep going here. I have a little bit left. I wanted to talk about my SMART goals, so a quick little update. So I'm, as I mentioned, I'm recording this on the 26th. Um, I started journaling on the 6th of January, so tomorrow will be my 20th day of journaling. Yay! So. Basically, by the time you listen to this episode, I would have hit my SMART goal for January. So as I mentioned in my New Year's resolution episode, I'm making a SMART goal for every month of 2023 rather than New Year's resolutions so that I can kind of end the year saying that I've achieved these 12 things, like concrete um, goals that I've worked on, like concrete ways I have taken care of myself and like bettered my mental health. Um, So this first one was journaling. I've been journaling like pretty much every morning, which has been really nice. It's been a really good addition to my morning routine. It's nice to have a little bit of me time before I just kind of get into the day. Um, So yeah, my goal for February. So as I mentioned, I did cross country and track in high school. So I was running a lot, a lot of miles for for those four years that I was there. It was a lot. Um, and when I came to college, my first year, I still kind of kept up with my running in a way that's all I really knew in terms of exercise. So that's all I did. Like, I would go to the gym and just run on the treadmill. Um, but I was definitely curious about all the equipment and the strength training, and it's something I wanted to try out. Once the pandemic hit, I, I didn't run as much, and I kind of transitioned over into strength training. And then I became a personal trainer, so obviously from that, I kind of just became more involved with strength training and just kind of weaned out the running. I haven't run like consistently, I think in, oof, I wanna say like two years. So I wanna get back into it. Um, So for my February SMART goal, I wanna get back into running. Specifically, I'm gonna try and run twice a week, every week of February. Um, So I know that's only like probably like seven or eight times in February. Um, but I, that's going to be good for me, I think. I don't want to, like, overdo it and get injured right off the bat. And I didn't want to have, like, a specific mileage or time goal and then, like, stress myself out if I didn't have the time to run that distance that week for whatever reason. So, yeah, I went on a run for the first time in a while on Monday, and that was good. It felt good. Again, every other treadmill is out of order. So, yeah. And then, obviously, like, before that, I ran on I think it was like Friday I want to say so yeah I'm kind of already starting to get back into it but this will kind of help me stay more consistent and kind of push me to make sure I run at least twice a week so because I was gonna run yesterday but then it was like weirdly snowing and which also I remember I talked about like I was like oh yeah like climate change it's not gonna snow anymore um climate change is still a thing don't get me wrong but I was wrong about the snow it snowed twice now since that episode snowed on Sunday and then then snowed yesterday we were supposed to get four inches of snow yesterday but it was like barely anything I think it snowed more on Sunday to be honest and it was just like gross like it was just like slushy and 
it didn't really stick to the ground so it was just a it was not good it was not cute like snow is nice to look at from your window but it's not fun to be in it's not fun to walk in drive in all that stuff so anywho I'm done now. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it all the way to this point of the episode, I appreciate you so much. I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Make sure to DM me at It's Not the End of the World Pod on Instagram or um, leave a comment on our TikTok at It's Not the End of the World P. Let me know what your thoughts are. I'm pretty privileged. Do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing? Do you agree with what I said? Do you disagree with what I said? Um, maybe you're somewhere in the middle on the whole concept. But yeah, make sure to leave a five-star review, turn on post notifications, new episodes every Monday. Um, I'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.